the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prayer power, or the power of prayer, out of Acts chapter 12, coming up next. Join us. Nothing says the power of prayer like answered prayer. And that's what we'll focus on today. Hi there, and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. We're in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 9. You know, we say there is power in prayer, and really what we see is that there is power in the one in whom we pray to, and therein lies the true power of prayer. For the details, again, out of Acts chapter 11, let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman and today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Title of my message is Prayer Power. Prayer Power. Acts chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 5 on down to 9. You know, one of the things that you see when you read your Bible is that God is a God of justice. He is a God of justice. And when you, when you're, when things and, you know, situations in life, whether they are unfair, uh, you know, things happen, you know, sometimes life can be pretty tricky. There's things that go on that we don't totally understand. But one of the things that we have to see about God is that God is a just judge. And ultimately, in life, he has the last say. And even when times when we feel like we're being treated unjustly or things in society are unjust, you know, there's a way in which that we, we tip the scales in our favor. And, and, and one of the ways in which we tip the scales in our favor is by going to prayer, by going to prayer. God is awesome. And, and showing you that he is in charge and nothing can stop his hand in your life. But we have to be willing to use the tools that God has given to us. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, pulling down strongholds. And so we have to realize that there's a spiritual way in which you get God active in your situation that helps to tip the scales in your favor. And being a church of prayer, being a person of prayer, is what we have to learn to grab a hold of. Now, in the midst of that, God will touch a person's heart. He'll change a person's life. He'll do, you know, he'll give you favor with man. He'll do all kinds of things to make sure that from a just standpoint, uh, his purpose is established and, and, and the people of God are treated right. But prayer is a critical element aspect of what it takes to get that done in our lives. And sometimes instead of us fighting the war in the spirit, we tend to get in our flesh. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them, well, I've been there and have done that. Okay, and so I understand temptation. But when we pick up our Bibles, there's a way in which we can win. And watch this. Let's look at verse 12, verse 1 of of chapter 12. It says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. That was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, somebody say constant prayer, says constant prayer was offered to God for him by who? The church. Okay, now I want to just stop right here. We see this is a very serious situation. Peter has been arrested unjustly. We have the people of God being attacked unjustly. We see someone lose their life unjustly, but God ultimately will have the the last say in that day. But one of the things that I love about the first century church is their tactic was always to go to prayer. Their tactic was when you read the book of Acts and you watch the history of the first century church, you read or study the history of the first century church, the first century church was huge on prayer because they understood that I'm, I'm releasing my petition to the great judge of the land who has the power to tip the scales in my favor. Now, he may not always do it in your time frame. But he sees everything, and because he is just, we should make our appeal to him. And as we do this, we'll see. Now, there is a balance, and I understand there's natural things that we we can do, but we also have to keep in mind as a church, there's a spiritual component that the world doesn't know about, that people aren't utilizing, that carnal people aren't taking a hold of. And we as the church of the living God have to get back to this place. This man of God is in prison. And the first thing the church does is they gather together and they begin to pray corporately. And we have to learn to get into this corporate flow with God through prayer. Learn the value of praying about issues and things and friends and family members and and getting together and bombarding heaven to make our appeal before our Father, amen, and the great judge to move things in the favor of the church. Right now, the devil's trying to step out the church. He's trying to remove the church. He's trying to pervert the church, water down the church, get the church discouraged. Get people in the church to feel like there's, they're hopeless and there's nothing that they can do. The darkness is going to, you know, take over the land. And there's no hope for the church. And, and people now have stopped going to church. Anything organized. People are starting to think that I don't need it. And all this craziness is taking place. And we have to keep in mind that when Jesus Christ is coming back for his bride, which is the church... And he is going to have a remnant of people that are going to stand flat-footed and represent the kingdom of God no matter what happens. 
I just want to make sure that we are a part of that company. Can I have an amen? We all have to get that in our mind that God is, will always have his people. He will always have his people. And so for us, we have to see here that when, when things got hot and their backs were against the wall and society was attacking, the thing that they did was the Bible says that they prayed. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Look at verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was asleep, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. It says here, When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Now, one of the things that happens through prayer is that when we begin to pray, God begins to release divine assistance. Somebody say divine assistance. All of us should long to have God divinely assist us in our lives. You'll be surprised how many angels are in this room right now. Can I have an amen, y'all? You'll be surprised how much we are not alone. (laughs) You'll be surprised at how many times the angels of God have helped you and you didn't even know it. I could tell you stories. Stories, stuff I didn't see with these eyes. But we have to see, we have to understand that when we pray, we, we, it's, it's an activation mechanism. It activates something in our life. They're praying as a church corporately, and this because of God's justice. He sees that this is, this is not right. God dispatches the angel to let him go. Openly before these people, we see God freeing this man. In the midst of something that seemed terrible in the natural, God frees him. It starts with prayer. And prayer, what does it do? It activates God and activates divine assistance. You have to see the power of this in your life. I have to see the power of this. It seems so simple that I could fall to my knees and cry out to God. And then God would send angelic activity into my life to help my situation. It seems such a simple thing to do. But, but what happens to us is we don't understand the power and the magnitude of the simplicity that's required in seeing God's hand move. We think that we have to go through this four-point deal to get it done. 
That we've got to do all this stuff because that's what the world tells you. If you want this, you got to do that. You got to do that. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to move here. You got to do that. You got to do that. And then, and all this stuff, instead of just saying, you know, if you want God to move, you need to pray. Can I have an amen, y'all? You want God to move in your life, you got to pray. You got to keep praying. Just pray and watch what God will do. This says constant prayer was made. We don't know how long they prayed. We just know that it was constant. We don't know how many days. We don't know how long this transpired, but we do know they prayed and God moved. And that's the mindset. And one of the things we want to do is I want to see this church just get so charged up and release such faith around your prayers. Do you believe that God will answer your prayer? Do you believe that God will come through? That you, do you believe that God will move heaven and earth to make sure that you're positioned where you need to be positioned? Stop complaining about people and giving people so much credit over your destiny. God's hand is the hand that needs... Oh, oh, man, I just... God's hand is the hand that needs to move. We're trying to move people's hand. If you can move God's hand, he'll get people to move out of your way and out of your place and get you where you need to. Can I have an amen? If you can get God to move, he'll move everybody. These men have chained this man up. Chains and guards and bars and walls and all this stuff. And just like this, God says, you're coming out of here. And for all of us, we have to see the power of our prayer and how God will move mountains. He will move mountains to get you into purpose. He will move mountains. Look at this. It says in verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain That the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Stop worrying about everybody's expectation about you. People think you're going to fall. You're not going to make it. This not going to happen. This Don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Just keep looking to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Can I have an amen in this place? That's what we have to learn to do. Stop worrying. Oh, they going to think this about me. This person thinks that about me. I don't care what you think about me. All I know is I'm a praying man. And when I pray, God moves. And God will break me through every situation in my life. We got to get that in our spirit. He said, God has delivered me from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name was Mark. Where many, somebody say many. He says, where many were gathered together doing what? Pray. Not picketing. Not picketing. They gathered together as the people of God. And it says many of them were together and they were praying. This is what I'm talking to you guys about Saturday morning prayer. This is what I'm talking about getting together. This is why we have moments in our church. We stop during the service. We just pray for each other. We pray because I believe that when we pray, God moves. He moves. And there many were gathered together praying, seeking God, going after God, tough situation, 
Church, tough circumstance. Leadership is gone. What is going on? These individuals knew what to do, and that was to pray. And the church has got to get back to knowing what to do, and that's to pray. Not sit back and complain about everything. Not sit back and blame everybody. And not sit back and give the devil too much credit. We got to stop, you know, to stop blaming everybody else. This person, who cares? That person may need, may be trying to block you, but pray for them. Pray for them. You know, you know, there's a scripture in the book of Job chapter 42 that says that when, when Job prayed for his friends, then God restored twofold everything or was it two or tenfold something like that everything that that had been taken from him that God restored everything when Job prayed for his friends the same friends that were lying on him the same friends that 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 was questioning his integrity and questioning him the same friends he prayed for them and then God brought liberation I dare you to pray for those co-workers that are getting on your nerves I dare you to pray for family members that don't like you because you saved now. Watch what God will do. And, and I dare the church to stop complaining about all the wickedness in the land and to start praying that God would shift things. Can I have an amen, y'all? And as we do this, watch what will happen. He says here, it says in verse 13, it says... And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. (laughs) Now, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were what? This is what we want. We want to get into some astonishing stuff. We want to see God answer our prayers to such a degree that when he answered, we're astonished. That I'm astonished. I I mean, now I know my prayers work, but they work that good? Can I? Can I have an amen, y'all? That our prayers, now that, now that, now that's, now I prayed and I believed, but that's another level. That this man is locked up, he's chained up, he's bound up unjustly, and he's behind all these walls and bars and, and all these things. And they start to pray and God sends an angel to break him out. And, and to the point that even when he gets there, they are surprised. God will answer our prayers. Like I never want to get to a, a place that in my life where, where I'm so common that I still don't have a level of astonishment in regards to, to, to things that God does in my life. Well, I already knew he was going to do that, so it's not a big deal. No, the devil is a lie. I, I, did, I know God's going to move, but, but even when I see him move, I'm still shocked that he moved. Like, look at God. We want to maintain that level of humility as we walk with God. And and we see here that they were astonished at the hand of God. They were astonished. 
But motioning to them, look at verse 17 then, verse 17, motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison and said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. He departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. And so we see now, like I said, the hand of justice is beginning to move. It doesn't stop there. Look at verse 20. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God, give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. The guards that, that held Peter captive, they're gone. And Herod, who commanded them to hold him captive, now he's gone. What I'm saying is, is don't pray that nobody gets killed. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that y'all pray like that. Don't do it. Can I have an amen, y'all? But I am saying that when you pray, you have to realize that the hand of justice will tip in your favor based on what God sees, what God's, doesn't matter what man sees, what God sees is just and fair. And we see him, we see him, uh, you know, exacting and releasing his punishment in this situation and the hand of the king moves. All of us have to get this in our spirit, in our mind, that our prayers are powerful. That our prayers work, that our prayers avail much, and that God is always listening to a praying people. He's listening to a people who have separated themselves from the world and are, and are bent on getting him in their situation. He listens, and he comes through in his time. You know, not only did Apostle P Peter and the first century church understand this, but even the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was very, very clear on this, and he made sure that when he was ministering to people, he taught them the value of prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, I want you to see this here, because as he's ministering through this epistle to, to Timothy, it gives us some insight into how we should respond, be responding in this day and age in which we live. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. We know Timothy is an apostle. The apostle Paul has trained him, raised him up, has released him and is using. And God is using Timothy mightily. Apostle Paul is like a good father, has given him instruction. 
and teaching him how to navigate within the world. Seeing that, that, that Apostle Paul knows that his days are short and, and the Lord is soon to take him away. He gives him instruction. We need to take heed to this right now in the day and age in which we live, saints. He says in verse 1, he says, therefore, I exert, exhort, he says, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? For all men. This should be our perspective. We have sometimes within the church or as individuals, our, our, we're, we're kind of biased with our prayers. You know, our prayers our prayers are, are selfish in nature. And we have, to get, we have to break that off of the church, break that off of our personal lives. Because he says, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We got to take the limits off of our prayers. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. That's nine two five two nine two seventy eight hundred. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.